Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschlin and Paige Kieschlin. Good evening, Paige. How are you? Good evening. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's been actually a really long day at work. Um, how about you? Also um, busy and long at work. Okay, so today you and I are going to talk about relationships really from the point of view of people who are neurodiverse and what they can do um, for their own self-care and um, whatnot to maintain um, healthy relationships. So what did you find out about relationships, Paige? Okay, well... um... Definition, I guess, of a relationship is the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected, or in the like the way that they're connected. Yeah, um, and then part of relationships is self-care, and self-care is the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. So whether that's physically or emotionally, both are as equally important and um, bringing or why self-care is important in a relationship is because it's, it brings a more refreshed and happier you and if both of you are happy, then your relationship is going to be happy. Er. Er. Yes, it's, it'll be happier and um, you'll feel more like connected and you'll want to be like with the person more because you're both refreshed and happy and are taking care of yourselves. And it's important to first like know to love yourself and respect yourself before before you expect someone else to love and respect you so self-care is important and um what does that self-care look like or what could it look like um well you could self-care could be like well self-care could be as simple as taking a shower and brushing your teeth um yes, self-care yeah, please do that. But it could also mean like taking a day to just be by yourself or mm-hmm. doing something that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're like have a super stressed out time, you could do like something that makes you happy or like treating yourself is a way of self care. Um, uh, what self-care. about self- what? Go ahead. Oh, self care is also having boundaries, <clears throat> and so like self care is both like a physical thing that you do, like taking a shower and brushing your teeth, but it's also a a mental thing, like setting boundaries and not letting people treating you a certain way, and having a level of respect for yourself. And demanding that from others. Yeah, and demanding that from others. So what kind of boundaries have you put in place based on negative relationships that you've had? 
Well, I first, um, if someone like I won't necessarily I won't tell someone that I have what I like the the things that I struggle with right off the bat like I used to I don't go hey my name's Paige and I'm autistic I like get to know them more first and like truly see how they like treat other people or I'll like talk about those certain things just like casually and just to see how they react or how they like treat others so um or something that, or like certain situations like if they see something like because like there are a lot of different people out in the world so like if I'm with someone and they see two girls holding hands or two men holding hands and they have like a bad reaction to it and they like say some like rude off thing or like if they see someone of color walking by and they say some rude off comment you might not want to like be near that person unless like that's your thing then I guess go for it but that's not the type of person I want in my life so that and um if they don't like if like I'm all for like helping people if they need help but if I then need help back and they're like no go away you're annoying then it's not like it's not a one-way street you need to help me back to relationships are two-way yes two-way road so reciprocal um for romantic or friendship either either of course so yeah obviously what about as far as like how they treat you how do you know or what are some red flags that they might be a person that treats you with the respect that you require mm-hmm. I guess if I guess um wait what was the question I'm sorry <laughs> what are some red flags that um show that somebody may not be the person that you want because they don't show respect in a way that you want for me personally or just in general for you personally for me personally um showing me respect um I guess if I'm like talking about something that is really exciting to me and they're not listening they're kind of just like acknowledging me to just make me shut up like mm-hmm. like saying mm-hmm, 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 yeah instead of like actually listening to me and like asking questions so being engaging when I'm talking I know I talk a lot and I like non-stop talk but I can tell when someone truly wants to listen to me talk or not um and that's that's like the main way but or if or um, like if they invalidate my emotions, like if I like say that I'm like upset in some way, and even if it's something stupid and seems like ridiculous, like like before vacation, going to um, kind of sell myself out here or kind of make myself look kind of odd. But I think I've already talked about this. My little Sum Sum Eeyore. Yes. I lost him and it was truly really upsetting. I like 
I guess, had this connection with it in mm-hmm. a way. And most people, most rational people would be like, it's a stuffed animal, get over it. It You can replace it, which I can replace it. That's true. But I was super upset. So if like, if, if a boy, if like a person was like, oh, get over it instead of like asking me like questions or like trying to make me feel better because like yeah it's a stuffed animal it doesn't really mean anything but it means something to me and that's all that matters Mm -hmm. so I always look at sort of how they treat other people who've been in their lives for a long time right so when I was younger and I am of a different generation but when I was younger if people would speak really rudely about their parents particularly if like a guy I was dating spoke poorly about his mother. That was usually a giant red flag for me. Um, Now I sort of look at how people um, interact with your sister, right? So. Oh yeah. Alexis is a good. Alexis is a good example. So um, for those who don't know Alexis, she's a full-time wheelchair user. Um, And so other people's reactions to people who are disabled can tell you quite a bit about the character of that person but then I also feel bad about like like oh yeah hey come to my house and then just like oh bam you have a sister who uses a wheelchair what you didn't tell me this and then I feel bad but like it's almost like a test and that feels feels wrong I don't know that it's wrong I just you know that just feels Condes, but feels like not condescending. Like it you're feels, using her. Yeah, using her or like manipulating them. I, I'd say I using her. Me. But like, I don't know. I mean, I even look at how people react to her at like when she's at church or when we're just in public in general. Oh yeah. Right, like people have said some pretty rude things to me. Um, hmm. Or like, or ask questions that are clearly none of their business, um, which makes me just be like, oh, you're not a person I ever want to be friends with (laughs) because that was rude. Um, Right. So I guess other like warning signs to me would just be like how they treat themselves, Mm -hmm. right? If they talk down about themselves all the time or if they don't treat their things well. Then, you know, if, if everything in their world is disposable and they don't treat their objects well either, then that, you know, is a little red flag to look out for. I think, um, you had some experiences when you were on that dating app. How did you know, like who wasn't worth a date? Um, well, I kind of. Well, like, cause there were a bunch of like on a, on the dating app that I had used. I, I can't pull it up now cause I don't like have it. So I'm going to have to do this by memory, but you could choose like if how often you drank, smoked or did drugs. Mm-hmm. And I don't do any of those things. Well, I drink sometimes, but I don't do drugs and I don't do marijuana. So one way was kind of just like, I don't really want someone that's that does that all the time I mean like if you want to smoke one every once in a while because it like calms you go for it but 
don't expect me to join you but also um you can like it's really um like you could show people a lot of things so like I was looking for mostly for people who were very similar to me and for whatever reason I got a bunch of people who were atheists and liberal for whatever reason which wasn't what you were looking which for was not, not that there's anything wrong with being not that things. there's anything no of course not there's nothing wrong with any of those things but that wasn't what I was looking for so after I readjusted my things I got more of a narrow of like the people that I was more interested in I also like didn't want someone like I had an age thing but like it was kind of set up super, super high for whatever reason. So I had to bring it back down to like, I think I had like 28 or 30 or something on it. Cause I didn't want someone who was necessarily 30 because I don't know, six years kind of seems like a lot, but um, for, you. for me, right. but there were um, other things too that like, there's that one guy who oh, yeah, like, that one didn't guy. have any social media we found one I have I had his and then my friends and I this is really creepy but one of my friends friended him and he accepted oh. the friend also he had all girlfriends like none of the followers that he had were male huh. which yeah that's a red flag yeah which my friends pointed out to me oh. but then because his was also private so and then my friends were looking at his pictures and they were like my friends were telling me like do not go on this date do not go on this date we don't want you to be kidnapped and everyone was telling me just to not go and that started making me more and more anxious but I mean it turned out for the better because that same day I started talking to this different guy and he's yes. way better he is way better he is way better so so, so um what else did you learn about relationships and ADHD for um the neurodiverse person to be aware of um That, um, well, this is something you told me. I didn't learn this, but it makes sense now that you have told me this. But relationships, just like pretty much everything, especially, well, not everything, but like for ADHD specifically, it's a out of sight, out of mind type thing. So I think that's pretty neurodiverse in general. I was just yeah. talking about this with another client and she was like, oh, Yeah. Yeah. I do forget about everything when I'm working. Yeah, so I do too. But um, so this is actually kind of cute. I don't know if he does this because he knows this or just because he's trying to be loving or something. But every once in a while, my boyfriend will text me just like a random little kissy face. And I don't know if it's because he's trying to be nice and sweet or if it's because he's researched ADHD more and is like oh I don't want her to forget about me let me text her so then she knows that I'm still around but we are also still in the very new stages of our relationship so he's always on my mind I never forget about him but I'm sure hopefully that doesn't change though that'd be really sad but but, but it does happen it like, I don't know I don't it think does it's happen though from from what I, I get from it, my clients, it's more that they don't 
it's not like they forget that like they're married or they have a significant <laughs> other. It's just that they don't think of reaching out during the day to say, hi, how are you? I'm thinking of you. Right. And, and some people really need that kind of interaction during the day to feel loved, loved. and supported. Right. right. <clears throat> I feel like I, I, I'm like that. Right. Like he's Who's- on a camping trip right now. And even though he's like up in the mountains, I was like, I know you won't be able to text me every, uh, like as often as you do now, but please text me like, you know, every once in a while, send me something. So I know that you're alive, please. I'll do the same thing when he was like driving back home. I was like, could you text me every once in a while? So I know that you're cool. And which he did do, he did do that. So. Right. So I guess another red flag is like somebody who can't do simple things for simple things to support somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing your own good Mm self-care, what are some good outcomes from that for Uh, the relationship itself? For the relationship. So you'll be less stress. It'll be a less stressed relationship. Mm you'll be happier in the relationship. You'll, you yourself will be more energized because you're happier and you'll be less stressed. So you'll want to go out and do things and that will create more, I guess, of a bond between you and whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's all I have. But um my last relationship when where self-care wasn't really a thing that either of us were doing and it was very very stressful very very unhappy um we didn't see each other but um it wasn't always necessarily happy right especially toward the end but that's okay what about um outcomes if you're not doing self-care okay if you're not doing self-care you could be more stressed out or or and and anxious um really meaning like you're taking it out on the other in the relationship right yeah um burnt out so you like don't want to really do anything you kind of just want to lay there like a potato veg veg you want to veg all the time um this isn't in relationships but you can become depressed if you don't take care of yourself and but what's the effect on the relationship if you are depressed you're depressed if you have a crappy partner then that list leads to more problems but if you have someone who's like you know loving and nice then they'll help you but um right but your depression could your depression can lead to like fighting and the other person like, well, actually if your person is loving and caring and you're depressed and that would make them sad and worried about you. And mm-hmm. that's not a good feeling. You don't want them to feel crappy, no. but also you want to take care of yourself. I'm not trying to like shame you. No, of course. Right. Of course. Like I've realized but how that there, it becomes like a very, People who are depressed are often have a lot of disinterest in yeah. 
in in things that they enjoyed before. Exactly. Right. And that would include a relationship. relationship. Right. Um, And if somebody wasn't aware of the effects of depression, they might think that you're just pulling away, that your interest, that your disinterest is now a sign that you're not interested in them and Mm -hmm. not that you're having a mental health crisis that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, It could lead to more fighting. Mm. No one likes fighting. No. Um, Tension. Tension could cause tension in a relationship. Basically, just like what we said before Mm. with the whole pulling away thing. Um, I guess this is more of back to the neurodiversity thing, but um, your partner or friend could feel forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people pleasing. Mm. People pleasing. I I do this. I did not. I feel like I did not do this before, or maybe not as much. I feel like I people please more now than I have in the past but maybe I'm just crazy sometimes your perspective isn't right on target I would say that in past relationships you did a lot of people or what you thought was people pleasing but maybe not because he was crazy Mm -hmm. Um, so um, people pleasing the definition of people pleasing is doing or say, well, my definition of people pleasing is doing or saying something just to please others, even if it's at your own expense. So right. even if you're so back to this relationship, this man had issues, issues that he was not taking care of. I also had my issues, issues that I was taking care of, but um, needed slight help with readjusting and I had problems I would go to him he would be like no go away I'm in a bad mood he would come to me being like oh hey I have this issue or you know something well his were also like 10 times more serious but they were very serious problems he would come to me and I'd be like okay I'm kind of in the middle of like you know something right now but sure let me help you out and it was like that the entire time Mm -hmm. pretty much um so and then that would drain me more because I wasn't taking care of myself like I should have before helping him but um let's see here the why for people pleasing So some people are just people pleasers because they have anxiety or they don't like drama or confrontation. So they'll just do anything to make that go away. But I think specific to ADHD, it sometimes also happens because of their own RSD and they think that their love will be taken away if they don't. Oh. Just have a light bulb moment. I did. Oh, that's not good. Mm-hmm. No, not healthy at all. That's not healthy. Um, but also, sometimes, not everybody, but sometimes people who have been in abusive relationships will do this because their brain has been trained 
to do whatever that person wants in order for them to be to make them happy so then they don't get yelled at or beaten or whatever so (laughs) it's just like a reaction type thing which I mean that's that's sad but yeah um outcomes outcomes for people pleasing I guess Mm-hmm. Um, is not taking care of yourself because mm-hmm. you're too busy taking pleasing everybody else and not taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't hear you anymore. You figure that out and oh. I'll continue. Oh, there we oh, go. I, Yay. I, um, I accidentally paused, muted myself. I'm sorry. No worries. So um, what else? Um you didn't, you don't have good boundaries set up. So you are easily able to have gotten taken advantage of because you don't have those bubbles of protection. Yeah. Um, boundaries are super important. If you haven't gotten the hint, I talk about them a lot, I guess. Um, they are important. What are some hacks that you can do for yourself? Hacks. I have lots of hacks. <laughs> okay. Hacks. You can take a me day. So like what I was saying before, just take a day, can disconnect from the world and just spend the day vegging or doing whatever it is that makes your little heart happy. Mm-hmm. So you can be like all good. Um, set boundaries and stick to them no matter what. And make sure that you are respecting other people's boundaries. Yes. Um, you can text your part- partner throughout the day, even if it's like something small. Just being like a, hey, I'm thinking of you type thing. So I have a total hack here for even to do that because some people don't even remember to do that. So I have a lot of my clients, primarily male clients who do this, but I have a lot of my clients that will download some kind of app that allows them to schedule text messages and they will pre-program in those texts that will randomly go out to their loved one like once a day. Do the loved ones know about that or is it like a... Some of the loved ones know and some of the loved ones don't know. Ah, okay. Um, But they also will use that same app that sends out, uh, that sends out text automated to like say happy birthday to everybody they know and they never miss anybody's birthday and you can set it up to repeat annually. That's cool. Right? So, um, but some of my, you know, so like some of my clients, like when they set up their calendar for the week, they also program this app to schedule their significant other like once a day for whatever. Right. Mm. And so there's, they're still thinking about them in that moment, but like, then when they go to work and they get sucked in and they're like, in the flow of their work day, they can mm-hmm. stay in that flow and do a good job at work, but still be loving. Yes. Best okay. of both words. 
That's cool. Um, my other one, um, go to therapy if you need it. It's okay to ask for help. There's, I mean, if you're weird about going into like a therapist thing, I know there's like one in particular, it's called, I think, Better Help. You could do it online and like virtually talk to a therapist. I think that's also, I've heard that it's cheaper that yes. way. So I guess if you're on Money Crunch, you can do that too. You can get mental health care and save money. Yeah. Um, talk to your partner about what you need or if you need space, they love you and want to help you. So even if you're taking like a me day and you're not going to text anyone, you should still, you know, let your partner know like, hey, I've had a bad whatever. I'm taking a me day. So then they don't don't think you're just like blowing them off or like forgot about them just so then like they know that you're cool. Um and then you had you had things on here that I know nothing about. So yes. <laughs> so um, there are specific couples groups that are directed towards couples that have uh, neurodiversity going on in them. So I know I run a group like that. It's called Compassionate Connection. I run it with a couples counselor. So she does the like bit about. Um, giving couples tools to communicate better and to deepen their relationships and to make their relationships more intimate. And my part of that group is to sort of explain what's going on in the brain of somebody with ADHD um, who sometimes has um, the, doesn't have the right words right, to say what's happening, right, or can't explain things sometimes. Um, and then we do lots of, like, strategies that you can do together, as, right, to support um, each other, because everybody needs support. It's not just the person who's neurodiverse in a relationship that needs support. But I know there are lots of groups like that all over. Um, we, we also talked about, like, it's good to have alone time and you should not be with your partner all the time. Seven. Yeah. That's not, that's, um, that's, that's a real dependency, dependency issue. issues start. Mm -hmm. um, we also had mentioned to, uh, to let the person go out with their friends or their family and like, don't text bomb them, like let them enjoy their time by themselves, like without mm -hmm. them, like they'll text you later you don't need to be texting yeah, them, them while they're out with others um mm -hmm. listen to the outside other people can see things that you can't when you're in love mm -hmm. and you should listen to them you should or not sometimes be like, whatever a lot of people with a with uh neurodiversities their perspectives are sometimes a little off and sometimes they're not always seeing things as they actually are mm -hmm. But then you add on to that, like the new and novel and stuff yeah. that comes with a new relationship and being in love. Yeah. Um, um, sometimes you're not seeing things clearly, right? Yes. So sometimes your friends 
or family members can really see red flags that you can't necessarily see. So if your mom says, Hey, I think this person isn't good. You shouldn't be like, no mom, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to vibe. She's trying to help you. Gee, Paige, is that from life experience? Yeah. It's just the one. You're all good now. Just the one. (laughs) Um, Cool. So that is from the neurodiverse, like what you can do as a neurodiverse person. Our next episode, we're going to do it the other way around. So if you're a neurotypical and you're dating somebody or married to somebody who is neurodiverse. So awesome. We will see you next time, but we won't really see you, but you'll hear us. Thank you for listening. If you wanted to coach with me, see my information at bigbangcoaching.net. If you're interested in emailing us, you can reach us at the ndtoolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to the neurodiverse toolbox.podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.